0: Welcome to the Geeks Next Door. I am your host, Chris. <laughs> well, okay, so it's not the Geeks Next Door. That's the other podcast. This is, of course, Expensive Science, baby! Yay! Unfortunately, I'm solo tonight. That's right. Just like most of my teenage years, it's just me. Um, Amy is around. She is. She's she's many things, <laughs> um, which we would talk about, but of course, she's not here. Um, so, you get to sit with just me tonight, which, which is, might, be, well, yeah, let's, let's be honest, it's not gonna be nearly as good, so go ahead and tune off now, um, I understand, and I won't take it personally, but, for those of you who do stay, we're gonna talk about some stuff, um, you know, stuff that I enjoy, like, TV shows, and, like, uh, stuff, and baseball, and, you know, stuff like that, um, but yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the kids as well, and maybe our relationship, or something like that. Um, but uh, I know it's going to get annoying just hearing my voice, so, uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, so, yeah, Amy's not here. Um, she's dealing with some high anxiety. As you may remember, she goes back to work on Friday. So today's Monday. We record on Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She's basically got three days left with the boys, um, at home. And that'll be the end of her six months at home. Which is hard, especially dealing in our situation. It's, it's pretty hard to to leave your babies and, uh, you know, do stuff. Um, I'm sure most moms feel like that. Most Maybe some dads, too. I, I honestly didn't. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I got a year home with Persephone in the first year. Um, completely by choice, by the way. Completely by choice. It wasn't that I wasn't working. It's was that I wanted to stay home with my daughter for a year. And that was amazing. Um, but I honestly don't think I could have done it the way Amy has done it in, for the first six months for the boys. It's a lot of freaking work, Right? It's a lot of work. One kid's hard, but two with only one person sucks. Like it sucks a lot. It sucks so much that when Amy goes out in the evenings for her her rendezvous, um, that I often get somebody to come over and help me out <laughs> because it's hard to put a ba- two babies to bed. Quite frankly, she does it two three times a day by herself. Um, so she does a lot. She's she does a lot, and um, she likes it apparently. And I'm sure it, it's hard. And there's um, but it's rewarding as well, so, yeah, she's gone, she's going back to work on Friday, which is kind of nice, she works, um, Friday for eight hours, and, uh, well, we'll get to that, we'll get to that, whatever. Um, so yeah, what do we usually start with? Uh, back that's it, um, it would be like, mailbag, or something like that. Um, so, mail, we got a piece of mail from C, and she says, yay, expensive science baby, two weeks in a row, yeah, thanks for that, I appreciate that. Um... And it's her birthday! Yay, gift. Uh, you know what? We're gonna I'm gonna talk about this email next week. So sorry, C, because it gets into some stuff and some stuff about Amy um, specifically, or something that Amy said. And I want to talk to her about it because it has to do with loss and how we handle things, how we relate to things. Um, and I do I I do know what she's talking about. I do know what Amy's talking about. Um, and I just want to get her perspective as well. I don't want to comment on it when it's not really my words. Um, <laughs> I know, I normally do that anyways, but I'm being polite, damn it. Okay, so that's our mailbag. That was the only piece of mail. Uh, thanks, C. And again, we'll get to next week, I think, when Amy's back talking to me. Of course, that'll be a whole thing in itself, because Monday, or next Monday, will be her second day at work, and I'm sure her anxiety will be super top level and stuff like that. Uh, okay, oh, <laughs> yeah, no no music this week either, because if Amy doesn't give me an outline, pff, it's just me rambling. Um, let's see, normally we can talk about cats next, right? Cat corner, cat corner, meow, 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 cat corner, and stuff like that. Uh, cats are cats, and they do things, and yay, meow, cats. Cats are awesome. Why do they say dogs and cats living together is like a, a thing? I mean, sure dogs and cats. I can see dogs getting kind of mad at cats, or cats being scared of dogs, but, like, everybody, lots of people have cats and dogs as pets, and they work fine together. So I don't think it should be cats and dogs living together. It should be, like, Democrats and Republicans married together, because that would be hard. That would be, a yeah, that would be fucking hard. <laughs> and let's see... Sorry, I was listening upstairs. Amy's upstairs. I think she's at the top of the stairs. I think she's listening, where she couldn't just come down and join the podcast. But, you know, it's one of those things. So anyways, let's talk about the Twins. Yay! No, not my Twins. The Minnesota Twins, Baseball Club, everybody's favorite sporting collective. Um, now, we've talked in the past about why the Twins mean a lot to us. Um, why we, you know, the, the year we got season tickets... Um, right after Persephone died, and how it kind of helped us through that summer. Um, and then the next year, when the Twins organization was kind enough to give us, that's this year, give us tickets, um, based solely on the fact that I wrote them I wrote them a letter asked, telling them why we wouldn't be re- re-upping our season tickets and that we're poor and stuff like that. So it was really nice for them to do that. But um, one thing that... I mean, everybody likes their local cl- sporting collective, don't get me wrong, and everyone thinks they're the best, uh, Minnesota fans have it difficult. Um, let's take a look. If you're a football fan, you're a Vikings fan. You've never went went to the Super Bowl. You get close. You have great teams that blunder it and somehow lose it. You have teams that like go like fifteen and one or something and then get blown out by the Giants one year. I don't know. That's all I remember. Um, if you're an NBA fan, the Timberwolves never do anything. Ever since Garnett left, Garnett left, they haven't made the playoffs. Uh, if you're a Twins fan, well, it's it's tough, right? We won in 87 and 91. Those were our World Series years. And then we had a whole bunch of, like, eight or nine years in a row. Probably about six years, actually, where we won the division, which is kind of cool. But mainly that was because we had a weak Central Division, and now the Central Division's pretty strong. So we have, um, with Cleveland being pretty strong, Kansas City being pretty strong, of, of course, the Detroit Sox, Sorry, Detroit fans can't... Or, Chicago White Sox are pretty bad. Sorry, Chicago fans. Um, but the Twins also had a terrible year last year. They lost 100 games. 100 games is a lot. In fact, it's only happened like five times in history or something where a club's lost 100 games. <laughs> and we did it. Yay. Um, so, what's kind of cool this year is that we are most likely going to make the playoffs. And by we, I mean, of course, the collective we of the Minnesota Twins and their fans everywhere. So the reason why that's cool is it would be the first time actually in history that a club has lost 100 games one year and the next year made the postseason, um, the playoffs. And it's pretty likely. There's six games left. The Twins have a a four-and-a-half game lead over Anaheim. So basically what that means is they have to either win three of the next six, have um, the Angels lose three of the next six, or any combination of the two. So the Twins might win one of the six, and the Angels might lose two of the six, and basically, we're in. Twins might win two, and the Angels lose one, and we're in. So we're probably going to the playoffs. Now, what's going to happen in the playoffs is we'll get to its the second wild card slot. So we'll get the wild card, and the New York Yankees will get the wild card. And since they have a better record, we get to go to New York and play the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. I think it's called the Yankee Stadium. It used to be called the Yankee Stadium, but they tore that down and built a new one. I think the new one's still called the Yankee Stadium, but... Um, anyway, so we could go to New York and play where we never win. Like, the Twins are notorious for losing in New York. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, they lost all three games in New York. Ugh. So, yeah, it won't be easy, but at least they'll be in the playoffs. They got a shot. If they win that game, then they get a traditional seven-game series. But the first step's getting there, uh, which, again, is very likely, and most analysts said was not going to happen. Most of, us had, most of them had us losing... 93 to 95 games this year, I think, Um, something like that, which is a little bit better than 100, but (laughs) not much, you know. And so this year, they've already they're at what 100? Yeah, 82 wins, 74 losses. So the most they can have is 80 losses. That's going to be what? Actually, what it is, it already is the greatest increase in winning percentage from a year to year. So in other words, from one year to the next year, the greatest increase in how much they've won. Right now, the Twins have the new record. So it's pretty cool. And they're doing it with some young guys. They're doing it with guys who um, haven't been around a lot of times. This will be the first postseason for a lot of them, actually. And uh, they're also doing it with questionable pitching. (laughs) Well, not questionable, but no big stars. No, like, superstars that you pay millions or tens of millions of dollars to. I guess Santana's the closest, but... Um, and they're doing it with um, the veterans. I mean, Mauer is a veteran now. Shit. And guys. I guess the guy's 33 or something, right? But he's our veteran. Him and Dozier are basically like our veterans. Uh, and the rest are kind of young guys or new to the major leagues. Um, and without Sano, who's one of our best young guys, he's hurt. He's been hurt for like three, four weeks now, and they're still kicking butt, taking names, which is awesome. So that's going to happen this next week. So this next week will be either amazingly fun, as the Twins make the postseason, or very, very sad. (laughs) But I'm going to bet on amazingly fun because it's almost impossible. I don't want to say it's impossible, but the odds got to be over 90% that they make the postseason at this time. I wonder what the um, odds say. There's probably like uh, MLB odds for postseason. And it probably actually, there's probably like 539 or something. Isn't that 539? Playoff odds. Uh, I don't know what date this is from, but it's, uh, let's see, twins, odds to make the playoffs are, oh, this is from earlier, yeah, see, that's a tough, is he, this is from, like, earlier in the year, the beginning of the year, I think their odds to make the playoffs were like 10%, <laughs> maybe, something like that, Um, anyways, it's gotta be pretty high. 538. That's what I was looking for. So, 538, as of today, the Twins have a 99% chance of making the playoffs. So a 1% chance that everything falls apart the last six games. So you can see why I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs. Um, now, they have only a 1% chance of winning the World Series. <laughs> that's how much the the analysts do not like the Twins. Um, but again, like I said, they I bet the beginning of the year, they probably had like a 10% chance of even making the playoffs, and they completely turned that around. Um, Good times. Good times to be a Twins fan. Uh, Even if they get blown out in New York, I said this in in an update, but even if they get blown out in New York, they go there, they lose 36-1 to (laughs) or whatever. It'll be cool. It'll be a great season because of what they did, um, the fun times that they've had and everything that's going on. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so basically, it looks like the playoffs are pretty much done. The Cubs have a 99% chance of making the Twins have a 99% chance. I guess the, it's between the Rockies and the Brewers. Um, you guys don't care about this. But anyways, it's fun. It's a good time. I know football's back, and everybody loves football, and the Vikings are doing mediocre. Well, they're they're doing okay. They are 2-1. and one. They lost when they had the backup quarterback in. But then they won the next time with a backup quarterback in. But uh, Whatever. It's hard to tell with football because I feel like there's a huge difference in, in team skills more than, like, baseball. Baseball, it seems like... A team can get hot, and everyone can start hitting the ball, and you can win against a better club, which is why we have hopes for the Twins against the Yankees coming up. All right, so that's the Twins. I know, I talked a lot about it. Um, let's see. Next week, normally, she do the thing with the thing, and then we do the TV shows, right? Um, what's the Weird Al song? Uh, lose yourself watching TV, blah, blah. Watch out, I'm Weird Al. I like TV and look out and stuff. Uh, So let's just talk a little bit about TV. And I wish Amy was here to talk to me about it, but she's not. Um, I'm just going to mention three shows real quickly. Um, Let's talk about The Orville. The Orville debuted three weeks ago now, approximately. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's kind of Star Trek uh, love letter to Star Trek. Uh, that's what they call it. It's got some humor in it. But, and then we also we were discussing on The Geeks Next Door uh, Thursday nights at uh, 9.30 Central, available Friday mornings on your uh, local uh, podcasting networks. Uh, but anyways, we were talking about how it's this is tough. The critics hate this show because they think it's a Star Trek knockoff, and they don't really understand that it's a parody more than anything. Um, I think I know why, because the humor's not super in-your-face and stuff. It's kind of behind-the-scenes and um, dry humor a little bit. Or the humor might just be within the plot that they just don't get because they're not Star Trek fans. But after watching this last episode, I gave them, I'm going to give the, credit, the critics a little bit more leeway in their their anger towards the show, I guess, because I'm starting to think this is more like... Um, God, what's a good example? I don't even know, but the humor is actually secondary. I thought going in would be more of a comedy where the humor is the primary thing, and like the Star Trek stuff's the secondary. But it is definitely not the case. No, this this is more of a we're trying to make a fun serious show, and there's going to be humor in it, which is not bad. I mean, you can have good shows that do that, but that's not what I was going into it thinking about. I mean, this last episode even talked about. They went to the, the time-honored Star Trek tradition of let's talk about hot-button topics, and this last one was basically uh, gender and gender roles and stuff like that, um, which is a, an issue, right? And that's not a humorous issue. You Well, it can be, but it definitely wasn't. Um, but they do put elements of humor in there. So I thought it would be more like Seven, or what's, it, what's Seth MacFarlane's other... He made a Western, A Million Ways to Die in the West or something. And that movie was very much comedy with some elements of action and drama in it. Um, This Star Trek, or not Star Trek, but the the Norville is not really that. It's more, uh, let's try to make a real show and put humor in it, which is fine. It's fine. It's just not what I was expecting, and I understand why critics don't like it. I understand why critics kind of don't take it that way they see it more of a knockoff so i'm going to give it a little more slack and i also don't think the writing's super super strong it's good but it's not super super strong so um this is going to be a b maybe even a c show for me um and i I realize that means nothing to you but i was talking to amy and we were talking how we have no time and when she goes back to work we'll have less time together because usually what happens um our days is I get home around anywhere between 3 and 6.30, 3 and 6, I would say, normally around 5, and I hang out with the babies for a while. Maybe we go for a walk, eat some dinner, um, you know, do the baby thing, the family thing, then we put them to bed, and they're usually sleeping by around 7.30. And then me and Amy get like an hour, hour and a half to ourselves. And I'm trying... She fends off my advances, and then we settle on watching a show together, generally. I mean, sometimes we'll... That's about it. That's what we'll do. Let's be honest. Uh, we watch shows, and so I I said, we need to have categories of shows. So like A shows will be shows we only watch together, and we, we wait, um, we prioritize them, we prioritize our time together, we watch them. So those will be shows that we pretty much watch during that time slot, that 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, 7.30 to 9 o'clock hour, when we're sitting on the couch, relaxing, rewinding after the day. B shows will be shows that if nothing else is on, we'll try to watch them together, but Honestly, we're probably going to watch them separately and then talk about them, maybe on a podcast. Who knows? We have a medium to talk about. It's a good hour and a half to talk about each night. That's also one of the reasons why um, uh, Amy's not... Like, the podcasting on Monday nights is... I am really into it, and she has been. But you start to lose out on time, right? I mean, 7.45, the babies went down. She's got between seven forty-five and nine, basically, to do a podcast. It's generally about an hour long. That means there's no unwind time, there's no sitting around time. I think of the I think of my time here with her as the unwind time, the hang out and talk about each other. But I can understand if you're you've got a high high anxiety day or you're just you're not feeling it that it might fall down. You'd be like, I don't really want to do this. So thus you get me, yay. Anyways, that was B shows. C shows are gonna be more like I'm gonna watch them. I don't care if you watch them. If you do, cool, and we'll talk about them maybe, but probably not. So uh, a show is like um, the Defenders. We watch the Defenders together. That's a show we only watch together. Uh, Mar- those are if you're not familiar with the Defenders, it's a Marvel show. Uh, most of the Marvel shows. So what's the one that comes out? Punisher comes out next month. Our Stranger Things 2 comes out next month. Those will be A shows. Those will be shows that we just watch together. Uh, we can stream them when we want. We can kind of take our time, maybe on the weekend a little bit, but we only watch them together. We wait for each other. B shows, I, I think the Orville's moving to a B show. I think that'll be a show that I watch. She may not even watch it. I don't know. And then she, C shows will be shows like that I just have pretty much have interest in. Maybe Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but anyways, we're talking about Defenders. Defenders is a show, um, a Marvel show, and what it is is, we talked about it a little bit before, but it's four, the four superheroes from the Marvel Netflix world joined together. So you got Daredevil, Jessica Jones, oh boy, um, Luke Cage, and Danny Rand, the Iron Fist. So you get these four together with their supporting characters. They've all had seasons on Netflix, or at least one season, and now they're getting together to join, make a group, a super group. Yay, super street-level group. Um, It's kind of like Avengers, but uh, very, very lower power. (laughs) So while you get the Hulk, instead of the Hulk, you get a guy who kind of has a glowing fist sometimes. And instead of Iron Man, you get uh, a chick that can punch people really hard but doesn't really have any formal training. She's a really good um, detective, though, so that's kind of neat. Uh, But anyways, uh, this show is fun and enjoyable, especially if you like the characters, the interaction with the characters. But what's interesting is, we talked about on The Geeks Next Door last week, is that this show has the lowest share watching of any Marvel show on Netflix. So if you take um, Daredevil as the benchmark... The other shows, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and uh, The Iron Fist, all have like a 24-25% watch rate that the Daredevil did. So let's say you have 100 people watching Daredevil, each of those shows only has like 20-25, to 25, which I thought was really low. Um, but as we talked about, Daredevil definitely has more of a name. Like you, as a comic, non-comic book fan, may have heard of Daredevil, where you've probably never heard of Jessica Jones, or Luke Cage, or Danny Rand, or The Iron Fist. Or maybe you have, but I think that might be part of it. But the Defenders, this show, has like a 17, 16, 17% market share. Um, So that means that out of 100 people, only 17 people are watching this. Or 100 people that watch Daredevil, only 16 to 17 are watching Defenders. Which seems weird, because Defenders is fun. But I guess it makes sense when you take into the fact that maybe people are like, there's a lot of people on there, a lot of characters I don't know, so I don't want to watch it. Or maybe people want to watch those other shows first and then catch up. So maybe it'll go on to have something fun later, but uh, I'm not sure. Um, But it is fun. It is interesting. The character interactions are the best. Um, obviously that's what Netflix kind of, that's what Marvel Netflix shows are kind of about, more, less about the plot, more about the character and how the character fits into the wider world, the wider Marvel world, cinematic universe it is, so. And let's talk about Star Trek Discovery, yay! Um, so, if you haven't heard, Star Trek's back on the air after, what, 12 years off the air Um, and if you don't know about this about me I am very much a Star Trek fan I know a lot about Star Trek um, we, there was a Klingon verse at my wedding. We made the congregation speak in Klingon, <laughs> chanting Klingon. It was fun. Uh, I'm a member of the KLI, the Klingon Language Institute. Um, very much a Star Trek nerd. About all my friends, when we said which would you choose, Star Trek over Star Wars, I was the only one that said Star Trek, for many, many gloriously good reasons, and they all had stupid reasons. Um, uh, yeah, so I know a lot about Star Trek. I like Star Trek. I love Star Trek. I can, I can tell you most of the names of the episodes that are amazing. Um, so we haven't had Star Trek on TV for a long time—12 years or something. That—that's a sin for me. It's such a strong universe, such an expansive universe. I think you could have done—you could do so much. But you know, Paramount, who owns Star Trek, the Star Trek franchise, are sticklers for everything they do, and they really take keep a tight rein on everything. But we finally got Star Trek Discovery. Awesome. If you don't know about it, it's um, takes place before the original series, before Kirk and Spock, which I'm, is kind of a turnoff for me because I like continuation of a, a universe instead of going back and revisiting a universe. Um, that's what Deep Space Nine did so well was it was like we are in this universe, let's continue on, and everybody that's in this universe can still exist. It just exists as we continue down the the world. As it? it feels fresh and alive. Where this show is like a I guess it's more like a history lesson. So it's kind of like you're watching a history lesson because you know what happened in that universe. You just were never told it before. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a good like a good example. I guess it would be Star in Star Wars, uh, the new show, the new episode, new movie, uh, compared to like Episode one, two, and three. Um, and that might be confusing because, of course, Star Wars, the 1977 New Hope version, is Episode 4. <laughs> then we have Empire Strikes Back, which is Episode 5, and Return of the Jedi, Episode 6. And then if you remember, they went back and did 1, 2, 3, The Phantom Menace, um, Jar Jar Binks goes on holiday, and I think number 3 was called Return of Jar Jar Binks or something like that. So those ones felt like a history lesson. They were back in time. You know, they're okay. Um, there was a lot of stuff people didn't like about them, a lot of things that I thought was stupid, but a lot of interesting stuff in there too. Jar um, Jar Banks is not one of those. Uh, so that was one, two, three, four, five, six were the original ones. And now we have seven, eight, and nine, which we are in the middle of them. They're coming out, they're fun, they're new. Uh, That seems kind of like a continuation of a world that we never even felt, or we never even knew about. You know what? No, because this this whole thing doesn't, this isn't a very good analogy. Never mind. Ignore everything I just said, because honestly, even 7, 8, 9 feel like a history lesson, because, you know, it was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and Luke Skywalker is old. But he should be old because in his earlier in the days he was young. Anyways, I don't know what I'm saying. What I do know what I'm saying is that I like continuation of plots rather than going back and and feeling what I or seeing what has already come before. So blah. So that brings us into Star Trek Discovery, uh, CBS's platform to sell their own streaming service, and boy, howdy did it work? So. Uh, they showed the first episode of Discovery on on TV right after football, basically. I think it was after football. And it was good. Actually, you only got the, like, the first half of one episode. Um, so that's actually the only one I've seen. The rest you have to subscribe to CBS's streaming service for $6.99 a month or $9.99 a month if you don't want commercials. Which, honestly, I would have already done, but RTV doesn't support their streaming service. You can't do it on Netflix. You can't do it on Uh, Crackle, or any of those other weird ones. There's only a few that it allows on Google, or Chromecast is one of them. Uh, I don't remember. There's a few of them, but basically, or Xbox 360, you can get the app on, the CBS streaming app. They don't make it easy, right? Unless you're watching it on a computer, they don't make it easy. So That's actually probably what I'll do, is just buy the stupid pass, watch it on my computer, and then eventually figure out a way to watch it on my TV, or give it to Amy to watch on the TV, because there's a... Um, good wife spinoff or something also on the all access thing excuse me so yeah it's uh apparently it has sold a fairly good amount of cbs streaming services because that's what it was designed to do they took a high profile high uh, ip um, and they said you want to watch this sorry you gotta pay us extra money which is kind of a dick move let's be honest it's a dick move You could just put this on CBS, but they want more money. I understand. Ad revenue's down because people don't watch ads anymore. You just flip through them or you push the... I don't know if you guys have this magical green button on your remote, but we have this magical green button on our TiVo so that as soon as a commercial comes on, it says it goes bring and you push the green button and it skips all the commercials. It is amazing. It it made my life so much (laughs) better. Me and Amy call it the magic green button because it skips all the commercials. You don't got to fast forward through them, which honestly is not that big of a deal, but it's like a step up from that. So if you don't have a magic green button, you should look into getting a magic green button. (laughs) But anyway, Star Trek. uh, It was good. It was interesting. Uh, It centers highly around Klingons, and it's kind of cool because I think it's going to be about how the Klingon Empire coalesced into one empire instead of like a warring clans kind of thing, which is neat. Uh, Reminds me a lot of Genghis Khan, how... Genghis Khan or the Mongols had territory, but it wasn't really an empire. It was just a bunch of clans that called themselves Mongols that sometimes fought with each other, sometimes fought with each o- with others. But it took one big leader, to um, Genghis Khan, um, to say, "Hey, let's all join and go sack China, sack Eastern Europe, Russia, uh, Middle East, and make this massive empire." So that's kind of cool. It seems like it's going to parallel that, where uh, the because um, the stupid Vulcans in this show mentioned, oh, the Klingons for a hundred years they have not been, their empire's been in disarray, blah blah blah, I'm sick, and now it seems like they're going to kind of they're going to use the uh, honor, war, that kind of stuff things they enjoy <laughs> they enjoy war, they are Klingons to unite their empire into uh, a larger force and, I don't know, this might be the beginning of the Klingon Wars it kind of looks like it is um, in Star Trek lore. The Empire and the or the Federation and the Klingons were at war for a very long time, um, ever since the original series to the Next Generation. Kind of, um, I mean, not completely, but kind of. Uh, but they meant there's there's elements of that in the Next Generation. For instance, for instance, Worf's parents or Worf was his biological parents were killed. Um, on a raid, and one of his Romulan raid, and the Federation ship responded, found him. That's why he's in the Federation. He elected to say to join the Federation. So even then, there is kind of elements of um, that. And there's actually a Next Generation episode where um, the Enterprise C did not go go and assist the raids on Kittimer. I think it was the Kittermer raids. So. Uh, the the Empire and the Federation never were at peace, so there's a long war. And in that episode, I think was, yes, that's yesterday's Enterprise, the name of the episode. See, so, yeah, I told you I know stuff about Star Trek. Um, even in that episode, they mentioned that uh, the war does not go is not going well for the Federation. We might have to surrender to Klingons, but of course that doesn't happen because in that episode, Empire C goes back, and the war is averted. Everybody's happy, and we go back to the original timeline. So that might be this might be the beginning of the Klingon Wars. Um, from just the first episode, I, it did seem like this is going to be a continuous arc, story arc. Uh, if you know, if you remember Star Trek's, especially the Next Generation, they didn't really deal with continuous story arcs. They were like kind of episodic, uh, much like the X Files was in the early seasons, where they just have their their mission of the week, and then the next time a mission of the week. Maybe there's a through plot, but generally not, especially with the next generation. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I think uh, Deep Space Nine was better because that had a continuous arc. They still did their story of the week, but it dealt with the Dominion Wars, and that it continued on. It had a, a narrative that continued the, instead of just being kind of seen randomly or haphazardly or whatever. Um, so that seems like this is what's gonna this is gonna happen. I don't think they're gonna have many episodic episodes. I think it's just gonna be like. Continuation, continuation for whatever how many episodes that it is. I don't even know how many episodes it is, and then that's going to be the end of season one. And I'm okay with that. That's kind of what we expect now from TV, isn't it? Um, less of the sitcom episodic feel and more of the Game of Thrones, Walking Dead kind of thing, where it's a plot that goes forward always. So that'll be cool. Um, that'll be interesting. It's. Yeah, even Voyager. Let's talk Voyager. Voyager, if you're not aware of Voyager, Voyager had a cool plot. It had a cool, like, hook. Basically, they're stranded several thousand light years away, so it's going to take them, like, I think 97 years or something like that, ridiculous, to get home. Um, and so every week, they're trying to get closer to home, but they also have these these episodes, these, these plots that take place, these... And then, But you know they're having a continuous plot because they're updating you every week on how close they are to getting home. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're closer now. Yay, and we're not just much closer. Yay. So Voyager even tried to do that a little bit, although it failed. It, it it failed for the most part. It was fun, though. It was a good show. Stop bashing Star Trek. It's amazing. Star Trek is fun. Uh, but this show, I think so far, did really good. Even with all those del- release delays, which there was a lot, and when they lost Ryan F- Fuller, who is Star Trek royalty uh, as a... Producer, but I did notice his name on the producing credits, so he's still around somehow. But, anyways, that's Star Trek. You should check it out, Discovery. um, Unfortunately, I don't think, I don't know. Uh, It's worth the extra seven bucks a month for me, because, like I said, I'm a fan. But if you're not a Star Trek fan, I don't know if it's worth the extra seven bucks. I'm not positive. Uh, maybe it's better to wait until all the episodes are out and then subscribe for a month and watch them all. I don't know. I mean, you could theoretically do that, right? Because you could do that with Netflix right now if you're like, I have a month off of work. I'm going to watch all the shows on Netflix. I will subscribe for a month and then get out. Um, I'm sure Netflix doesn't mind you doing that. it will be fine. Okay, what do we got? That's TV shows. Um Uh, Oh, yeah, okay, let's talk. We'll we'll get into now, we'll get into some more real things, whatever. Uh, Let's talk about the melancholy moment, very sad. Um, I don't have a whole lot. I wanted to talk to Amy this week about it, but uh, obviously we can't. Is I've been. Ooh, ooh, that is a giant bug. (laughs) A giant bug just decided to float down from the ceiling (laughs) and land directly on my keyboard. (laughs) So I'll talk as I try to smash it. Uh, Go away, bug. Oh, shit. See, now it's over there, and I have no idea where it is. Uh, go away, bug. Go away, bug. Uh. Alright, well, there's a bug over there. I don't know. It, it was really big, too. Uh, it's like a size of a quarter. I don't know what it was. It had wings. But I think it was dying. Uh, anyways, where was I? Oh, Melancholy. Okay. So I've been very cognizant of the fact recently of how much Persephone loved little kids. Like... She just loved him. Um, her fa- <laughs> when she was in daycare, I would ask, we'd ask her who her best friend at school was or at daycare was, and she would say Baby Scarlet, which was her cousin. Now that's when she was a baby. <laughs> she couldn't do much other than like laugh and look up and maybe cry, but but she said that's my that's my best friend. Um, she just loved babies in general, I think. And like when when Griffin, when our friend Griffin when their friend had their son, Griffin. And this was close to when she died, actually. Um, it, she, there's a picture of her holding Griffin. And she has the look on her face of just absolute bliss. Of, <laughs> of, this is almost like she thought it was unreal, just amazing. Um, because I'm sure it was kind of cool for her. I had I, just been more and more aware of how much she loved babies and how much she would be doing for us right now if she was here. And yes, I recognize the paradox that she they probably wouldn't be here if she was here and whatever, but if she was here and they were here, it would be <laughs> like I can see her just having a blast with them because they're in their state where they laugh so much and they smile and I can just I can just imagine her try you know <laughs> trying wanting to carry the babies over and maybe we'd even let her she's she'd be eight, nine, she might even be able to carry the babies over, or help her mom set them up and feed them, or at least set them up, and how much fun she would think it is. I don't know why, that's just been on my mind a lot. Um, Because it's something you think about, right? And it sucks that she's not here to do it. And these are easier when Amy's here, because she can talk for a little while, so let's move on, because this sucks. Um, Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk about how, I don't even know how old they are now, they're, they're boys, we'll talk about them for a little while, so you guys can be like, it's about it. it's about the kids, yay. Uh, they are almost six months, the seventh, so they're about, what is that, I'm about two weeks away from six months, and that's when they'll have their six months check-in and stuff. Adonis, for the last couple weeks, has had really bad. Or last couple days, has had his reflux come back really, really bad. Uh, he's woken up at like 11 o'clock each night, just yelling, and he'll sit with me for a little while, but won't go back to bed. And it's that, it's that yell that's kind of pain yell instead of just I'm upset or I'm not happy yell. So I think it's his reflux, and I think his medicine maybe isn't doing as much. Um, he's bigger, and the dosage hasn't changed. so Maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, originally, the doctor said this would only be a six-month thing and it should be gone, and I hope we're getting close to it, because for so long, he did really well. And just recently, these last couple days, have been difficult. Uh, Leander seems like he's he's got it kicked. I don't know if it's because of the medicine he still takes or what, but yeah, just Adonis has had an issue about it. Uh, differences between the two are awesome. It's awesome to see how different they are how quick Leander is to smile. I mean, he is so quick to smile and just kind of glance his his way and give a half-smile, and he's laughing. Adonis doesn't smile as easily, but he laughs easier. So, (laughs) I don't know. He's just... He laughs easier. Like Leander smiles easier, and Adonis laughs easier. It seems like the two should go hand-in-hand, but they actually really do not. Um... It's awesome to see Adonis scooch across the ground like that. He grunts and yells as he pulls himself along the ground and rolls and, and kicks and does everything, and he can get across the entire room. And he seems to love it. He just he, It's like an effort the entire time, and he just yells and screams about it um, the entire time. Adonis is sitting pretty well. I mean, he'll sit for 30 seconds or so before he kind of tips over. <laughs> you know, we only let him do what I'm standing next to him, obviously. Um. Yeah, and uh, so that's Adonis. Leander seems to be about two weeks behind his brother, honestly, in most of this stuff. And it seems like he always has been. He kind of k- plays catch up, which is fine. Not gonna, not gonna compare him. Well, I, it's kind of hard not to compare him, right? They're they're twins. Uh. So yeah. Um. So he's starting to sit, but he'll sit for less. He's starting to scooch, but he doesn't scooch as much. Um. He was the one that rolled over about two weeks later and stuff like that. Yeah adonis will only sleep on his tummy I, i'm against it but it's the way he likes to be so like as soon as i put him down in his crib he'll be sleeping and he'll just immediately roll over <laughs> and it sucks because i don't know which direction he's gonna roll to so i put him in like the middle of the crib but if you he, he rolls too far to one side he's like half on the side of the crib like his foot hanging out or if he rolls the other way, he's, like, smooshed against the other side of the crib. So, like, when he rolls, since it's almost immediately, right, I just, like, pull him back towards the middle. <laughs> and he generally does fine. He generally sleeps way through it, so he just loves to be on his tummy. Uh, Leander does not. If he likes to sleep on his side, if he sleeps, if he rolls too far onto his tummy, that generally wakes him up until he can kind of right himself and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Leander for most people like looks away from you a lot and I'm a little worried I know that's a sign of autism but also I also know that I am high parents are hyper vigilant about this stuff like you can't tell really you can look for signs of it and the last time we were at the doctor he said there is absolutely no signs of that they're both responding in both ways but it's something you're always looking out for um, and it's something you're always worried about it I mean, you know, parents. Parents are always worried cognitively about how their child are developing, and you're always looking for those little signs of something. Especially what we've been through. Um, I remember even with Persephone, I was, you know, just every little thing. I was like, well, is that is that something? Is that something? What is this? What is this? And you have your you have your fears, you know. But uh, you just, I'm sure they'll be fine. Either way, they'll be fine, right? And we'll we'll deal with what we deal. Um, but they're they're amazing, and they're pretty awesome. Um, trying to come with term come to terms with that, that they are awesome and Persephone was awesome er <laughs> but that's also because I had more time with her and got to experience her as a person whereas the babies so far I've just experienced them as babies and they're starting to become people but they're they're still just babies right and so <laughs> I don't know I have always been a very scientific minded where you I rank things. <laughs> So, but how do you rank your children, right? How do you say which one which one you care you, you I I think care for is wrong. Like you always care for your children the same. But Okay, so let's take it to extreme and say you have four kids and they're all in the same sport but they don't play together. So they're all in baseball cuz baseball's amazing. One is just naturally better and they always win championships. One is okay, one and one's really not graceful or coordinated but loves to play. You can say one is better at baseball, but you can't tell your child that they're better at baseball. (laughs) Like, it's weird. (laughs) It's a weird analogy, I know, but how do you rank your children when you shouldn't rank your children, but inside everybody kind of ranks their children a little bit? (laughs) Like, let's be honest. My mom's going to say that I am the most awesome child that she has. She has two amazing daughters, and she has an awesome son who's better than her daughters. But she's not going to tell people that. At least, I don't think she will. At least not them. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, just a lot of smiles. And I actually kind of feel sad or (laughs) I kind of feel a little bad for Amy because she has a hard morning and afternoon. She deals with it and she's really good at dealing with it, but it's tough. Two kids is tough. And I come home. And they see a new face, and the first thing they do is smile and laugh and get giddy. And I feel kind of bad. I'm like, I hope you were getting that as much during the day, because even if they're like fussy, and I come home and they're both like, eh, and I'm like, hi babies, and they're like, yay, dad's here, and I feel really bad because, like, I don't know. It's gotta feel bad when somebody comes home and they're. It's just because I haven't been there, right? And they know me, so they're excited to see me. It's not that they enjoy me more, it's just that they're they're excited to see me. So I hope that that doesn't make me feel bad <laughs> because I've noticed that and I can definitely see it being, like I would probably be annoyed if all day long the babies were kind of fussing with me and then she came home and we were like, and they were perfect and awesome, it, it'd be annoying. Uh, babies had their first um, daycare experience. They stayed there for four hours last Friday. Um, There's a lot to talk about there, a lot to unpack, and they're going to do the same thing this Friday when Amy goes back to work. I'm going to pick them up at noon because it's just a half day. They're they're called trial days or something just to make sure everything's fitting right. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about there, and we'll talk about it next week when Amy comes back because I don't want to step on her toes or anything, um, but there's some fun stuff there. So, So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, let's see here. Um, It was our 10-year anniversary, me and Amy, this last week. 10 years together. Actually, it's more like 15 when you count the dating portion. But 10 years marriage. She she does a lot. And she'll never listen to this, so I can actually kind of gush about her for a little bit. um, Because she she doesn't listen to our podcast, and I know she won't have time to listen to this. But she does an amazing job with the babies themselves, um, with the house. Like, there's babies, and she still does the dishes and does the laundry and stuff. And I've gotten away with not doing as much, so to speak, because I'm working and she's not. But that's going to change. And I'm going to try to help more. It's just sometimes you get behind. Or sometimes, you know, you get into a rut kind of a thing. And I'm definitely in a rut right now. Like my workouts aren't as good. My it's the the weather is changing, so my runs aren't as good, and I just don't feel as good. So she does a lot. I can't I can't stress that enough how much she does. Um, and she's not appreciated for it. And I can tell her how much I appreciate it for it, but she doesn't want to hear it because she doesn't like emotions. Amy, no emotions. We are completely opposite in that regard. Um, but she does like giving presents, which I find is really strange. Um, so for our anniversary, we did some things. Well, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit next week. But I got her a few gifts. But we don't really do gifts anymore, especially for like Christmas and stuff. We'll do things for a few things for 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 birthdays. And so, about a week before our anniversary, one of her gifts arrived. <laughs> Unfortunately, I got her 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 dna kind of family tracking to show where she's from and stuff like that because she always talked about how she wanted to do it and it came in the mail and it said like the package said uh, ancestry or something like that and so she saw it and i was like uh happy anniversary this is one of your presents yay um and so the rest of them that they came <laughs> i just kind of gave them to her i, didn't wrap them I just kind of gave them to her as they came in the mail <laughs> <laughs> which that's because honestly we, we don't do presents and And then for our... uh, Is that Amy right now? Is she going to yell at me for being too loud? Nope. Um, For our anniversary, when we went out to dinner, she actually had a bag with like 10 presents in it that signified kind of what each one meant for a year that we were going through and numbered them and stuff. And So that's okay. she likes to do presents, and she just doesn't like to deal with the emotion of, I don't know, stuff. Um... Yeah, so like, if you ask who the romantic is in the the relationship, it's definitely me. I like all those mushy romance movies. She does not. Um, But yet, she does presents a lot better than me. It's really strange. But I say all this because she won't listen to this podcast. She won't. Um, So what I want, what I'm hoping people will do, is if you listen to this, please comment on one of our um, Facebook posts and put a comment of like, I can't believe Chris said that about you or that is so messed up that he would talk about you like that or something like that um, because I really want her to think that I was talking trash about her on my solo podcast <laughs> or she should be here now again she won't listen to it so she'll just have her imagination to kind of fill in the blanks uh, and I think it would be a fun exercise to see how many people uh, control her so to speak <laughs> Because <laughs> why would I not want to troll my wife, right? Everyone likes doing it, of course. Um, Yeah, that's about it, right? I don't think there's too much more. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, nope. So this week is going to be interesting. We are six-month pictures for the babies. Uh, we have a couple really good ideas, I think, anyways. Um, photographers coming here. I hope they don't murder us. And then we're going to kind of take a few. Maybe we'll go to the park, Persephone's Park, and do a few Maybe a few in the garden. Hopefully it's supposed to be a nice day. Um, yeah. So that's that. Amy's going back to work Friday, so she'll have a lot to talk about on Monday. Uh, the babies will have a full day under their belt uh, instead of two half days, so that's more to talk about. See, Monday, next Monday, next week, we're going to have a good podcast. We're going to have a long podcast. I think we'll actually try to, oof, I hope we can fit it in over an hour because it these things take a long time. I mean, I've been by myself. I've been rambling for like 45 minutes now. Just same stuff that I like and if she was here that might be doubled who knows Um, or maybe if she was here she'd temper my rambling and I wouldn't ramble as much who knows Uh, so yeah come on back next week join us Um, if you can go ahead and put a troll statement underneath um, any of the Facebook posts that Amy's tagged in so we can kind of uh, see what her response is Uh, Expensive Science Baby is our Facebook page Expensive Science Baby at gmail.com is our email address um, www.patreon.com forward slash expensive science baby is our patreon account thank you for our patrons i think there's like 12 or 13 of you out there now so thank you very much we really appreciate your support paying for the hosting and all that stuff um, it means a lot it really does and that is it uh, until next week go twins hopefully by next now yeah, by next monday we'll be able to tell you if they're in the playoffs 99 chance all right see you bye <music>